if you're listening to us as a podcast, we, we really welcome you in, in the name of the Lord. Our final uh, thoughts today come from 2 Corinthians 9, verses 6 to 11. So Jane, why don't you... 6 to 11. 6 to 11. And uh, let us see what the Bible says from these verses. These verses have the power to change your life, change the way you think. There's something very special about them. So uh, why don't you just read it to us and then we'll, then we'll comment. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each man should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that in all things, At all times, having all you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, he has scattered abroad his gifts to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. Amen. I haven't read to 11, have I? Okay. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be made rich in every way, so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through, and through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Is that the end? Amen. Okay. Let us look at some very simple principles just from what Jane read. No, no, no. I want you to stay there, love. Holding the microphone is what you need to do today. So do you, want to, do you want to hold the mic? That's it. Hold, hold it up. I'm not going to ask you to sing or anything. I've done that. But that's what you need to do today. The first one. Verses 6, verses 8. You reap what you sow. Have you ever, you've heard that phrase anyway, you know, you reap what you sow. Some people, not in a Christian sense, they call it karma. You know, if you do bad things... Bad things happen to you. If you do good things, good things happen to you. By the way, that's not really in the Bible at all. And many times in the Bible, uh, the righteous kind of complain that they're not having a better life than they are. So it's not exactly a, not exactly a, a, a biblical idea at all. But here, Paul is talking about money. He's talking about money, honey. He's talking about bread. He's talking about dough. Joe, yeah. You're getting there. You're getting there. It's amazing. The Apostle Paul. Now, I'm not talking about brother, brother dingling on some Christian TV channel. I'm not talking about someone with gold rings, a medallion. And teeth by some amazing dentist from New York. Hair by whoever. We're talking about the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul in the Bible says, regarding money, if you sow... Can you read it for me again, um, uh, uh, again, please? Verse 6. 
Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Okay, so now you want to stay right by the text. Because yeah, yeah. uh, I think you want to just go over there, but I need you right here. Um, he's using the analogy of a farmer, isn't he? Sowing, reaping. He's talking about a farmer going out and sowing seed into the ground. And a farmer who does not sow does not reap. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. It's no good the farmer not sowing, going out to the land and going, where's my harvest? Because the land can just as well shout back at him, well, where's my seed? Where's the seed? You didn't give me any seed, so you can't have any harvest. And here, Paul takes this farming analogy and he applies it to money. What does uh, verse 8 say? Because that's also part of it. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Having all that you need. But what's the next part? Having all that you need You will abound in every good work. You will abound in every good work. He doesn't say having all that you need, you can retire to the Isle of Man. Right? He says having all that you need, you can abound in every good work. In other words, the reason why God wants you to have all that you need is so that you can abound in good works. Once you buy the mansion, it's over. You're not supposed to hoard what you have. You're supposed to use what you have. So here he is using the seed uh, principle. If you sow a lot, you reap a lot. If you sow sparingly, you also reap sparingly. That should, should, should suggest to us that the way you give today is a prophecy of how things are going to be tomorrow. It's as simple as that. It's just like in the first week I told you that girl asked me, is God going to provide? And all I could say to her was, I don't know. Because I didn't know what she'd put in the ground. Okay, what's the, uh, uh, what's the next piece? We should never give under duress. Can you read verse 7 please? Okay. Each man should give what he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion. Right. For God loves a cheerful giver. Okay. Don't let anyone make you give any money that you don't want to. Don't let someone lean into the lens and say, you know what? There's going to be a miracle in the next half an hour. And if you can just call in, you know, and you're sitting there with your arm being twisted, really. Um, you know, around, around your back. The Apostle Paul says this, in, in however serious this is, because it is serious, if we sow bountifully, we reap bountifully, but at the same time, you have to do it willingly. You ever had a contract, like with a phone, and the contract ended, 
but they still took the money. That, that ever happened to you? Right? Yeah. Not, oh, you. <laughs> when did that happen? Love, you never told me that. <laughs> they still came in and they still took your 35 pound out. Right? Now that was not you giving it willingly. Can you say amen? No way. They took it from you. You didn't give it. In the same way, when we give financially to God, we have to be willing. And that doesn't mean, like we, we said about one of the first weeks, when you give a gift, you go home and you think, what did I do? I just gave 200 pounds. What did I do? You know, We all have that, that, that bit where we're going, oh no, I, perhaps I shouldn't have done that. So that's just the flesh getting in the way of what the spirit was often doing in our lives. But we should never give under duress. God loves a cheerful giver. Let's look at the third one. Verse 10, please, James. And now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. This is the verse I want you to go home with today. This verse. I don't know whether across the room, whether this verse is underlined in your Bible or not. Maybe not. But this is a massive verse on the subject of giving. Can you read it again? Now God. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food. Okay, stop. God provides seed to the sower and bread for food. Is that what it says in your Bible? God provides the seed and God provides the bread. <laughs> what we've got to do is we've got to not eat the seed We've got to eat the bread, but don't eat the seed. What do you do with the seed? Sow it. What do you do with the bread? You ever gone out into a farmer's field throwing bread? Oh, this will make a bread tree. No, it won't. It might bring a few birds. What do you do with bread? Eat it. Toast it. Put cheese on it. What do you do with bread? You eat it. What do you do with seed? You sow it. Here's the question then. For, for our lives as givers, what are we doing with our seed? Are we sowing it? Or are we eating it? Let me tell you a story. Many, many years ago, uh, I was in Torquay. And I ran out of money completely. I went to a birthday party. I was fasting at the time as well. It's good to fast when you ain't got any money. <laughs> but it was a coincidence on that occasion. I went to this party and I was coming off the fast Sunday night, Monday morning. It was Saturday. And I've been fasting since Monday. I think I was on my sixth day of a fast. When I got to the party like you do when you're fasting, you make some excuse. Oh no, I, I, I don't want to come to the buffet. 
I'm just not hungry today. You know, and your nose is growing longer. <laughs> you look at everyone gorging on the food. and you, No, 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 I don't need it. Just give me a wonderful glass of juice. Anyway, at the end of the party, the lady uh, who was running the party knew I was a bachelor, lived on my own, and said, oh, Peter, would you like some of this food to take home? I thought about it. Yes! Give it to me. Even food I don't like, put it in the bag. I took the food home. I was excited about it. God had provided. I didn't have any food. God had provided. On the Sunday morning, I went to church. I felt God had provided. And I was looking forward to eating the next day. A lady came up to me. She was an artist. I think, it's a long time ago, so I don't want to tell you a story that's not true, but I believe from my memory she'd sold a painting. But whatever the scenario, she put a check in my hand. Now this is like ugh, 1996, something like that. And when someone puts a check in your hand, you put it in your pocket, but there I was worshipping in the church, I said, Lord, I love you and adore you. I wonder what's on that check. <laughs> you are the love of my life. I wonder how much that check's for. You know, thinking about it. I thought of nipping out to the toilet to look, but I didn't. Anyway, eventually, I'm, I'm on my way home. And as soon as everyone's gone, I take the check out of my pocket. I want to know what it is. It was 50 pounds. Ooh. 50 pounds is a lot of money, isn't it? And even a bit more money in 1996. 50 pounds. And I thought about all I could do with that 50 pounds, and it was generally towards the food end of life. Because I had no food. But then I thought, you know what? I've got that food at home, haven't I? From the party. What do I do with 50 pounds? And I began to imagine it. Now, some of you know me quite well, and you know that I don't often say things like, God spoke to me. But God spoke to me. And these are the exact words that God spoke into my heart. And I'd never heard these words before. I'd never thought about this sentence before. I'm going to say a sentence that some of you have never even heard of before, seen it written down. The sentence, the words were these. Don't eat your seed. <laughs> the Lord, I'm so hungry. I'll eat grass. I'll eat stones. <laughs> seed, that sounds quite good. <laughs> I remember that week, uh, a friend of mine asked me to look after his cats. I'm not a cat person, but he asked me to look after his cats. So I was in his home each day, and I was so hungry, and I'm opening up the cat food, and I thought, you know, <laughs> it's a sort of a tunery taste, you know. <laughs> I didn't do it. The Bible says, it's a sin to think it. 
Anyway, that's how hungry I was. I 50 pounds. And God said, don't eat your seed. And I knew what he meant. He meant God gives seed to the sower and bread for food. This 50 pounds was an offering that I had to give. Do you, do you understand? It wasn't for me. God gives seed to us to sow. I said, well, I got not much to lose. I'm going to obey the Holy Spirit. And if God doesn't provide, I'll say to the guy, I'll feed your cats next week and all. (laughs) And maybe eat one of them. (laughs) So that afternoon, I went out and I got rid of that 50 pounds to as many good causes as I could. God gave me something to sow. This is how it works, friend. God gives seed and bread. We eat our seed and that's it. The process is over. Do you understand? But if you sow the seed, you are initiating the process. So I, I sowed the seed and just like, you know, as you would imagine, I got home and thought, what did I do? What did I do? I just got rid of the 50 pounds. But I went to the cupboards. They were completely bare. I mean, the fridge, you know, totally bare. You open the freezer, there are a couple of dead chips in there. Uh, open the fridge, a little bit of milk and a bit of butter, you know, but it was, it was bare. So I thought, I know what I'll do. I'll speak the word of the Lord. So I opened the cupboards and I prophesied that they would be filled with food. I shut them. I opened them, they were still empty, I closed them again. <laughs> Lord, I prophesy these will be filled with food. Opened them again, they're empty, closed it. I thought, shall I try abracadabra? No, I didn't really. But it didn't work. Didn't work. I thought, okay. <laughs> I then started to think about, you know, uh, tiddles and, uh, and the cats. That night, I went to church, Sunday night. The worship leader said to me afterwards, oh, why don't we go have coffee at your place? You ever had that horrible feeling? Coffee at my place? Okay. I thought about the milk, you know, a few days old now. I thought, I'll tell you what, I'll just let him have it. So we go back to my place. And I'm trying to mask the fact that there's nothing in the house. Not terribly well. He notices that the fridge is empty. So he goes over and says, there's nothing in here. Bit of milk, you know. He says, this isn't right. And he walked out of the flat. He walked to the convenience store next door. He bought maybe 45 pounds worth of shopping. He brought it up to the flat and he put it in the cupboards. Can you say amen? Amen. I didn't tell him anything. 
And that week, the process of harvest, suddenly money started to come from everywhere. Uh, all of a sudden, I got more hours at work. All of a sudden, uh, uh, things happened. Money began to come in. But I believe that it happened because I didn't eat my seed. I want to ask you today, what are you doing with your seed? God will give you seed and bread. If you eat your seed, that is the end of the process. But if you sow your seed, you're going to get a harvest. And if you sow bountifully, you're going to reap bountifully, just like a farmer would. And the way that you're giving today is an indication of how things are going to be, maybe not tomorrow, but 10 years from now. There's nothing more glorious than being a tither, a giver, and when things go wrong, you lose your job, or your car gets filled with water, like mine did this week, or, or if there was the MOT, or a sudden bill comes in that you weren't expecting. There's nothing more exciting than being able to say, for the last 10 years, I've been sowing my seed. Now, God shall supply all my need because my trust is not in my employer. It's not in my mechanic. It's in my seed. Can you say amen? That I've been planting all this time. Next one. The final one, Jane. Can you read verse 11? And we picked up on this a moment ago, but let's just go over it again. You'll be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Can you just read the, that first line again? You'll be made rich in every way. So that you can be generous on every occasion. Got it. You'll be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. Not rich so you can become the new, hey, look at me. But God wants to bless us so that we will be generous. You sow, you reap. You sow, you reap. You sow, you reap. Once you reap and stop sowing, that's the end of the process. God wants to bless us so we can be a blessing. Isn't that a principle from Genesis to Revelation? So, like, like I said, as soon as you go out and buy the helicopter, that's it. <laughs> you know, As soon as you decide, okay, we're going to hoard this money now. And by the way, it's not unbiblical to save money. That's not unbiblical. That's good stewardship. But what you have to discern is what is seed and what is bread. This week, you could receive in the post 
a tax rebate, a gift, something from work. You could receive a check this week for 200 pounds. Do not automatically think to yourself, oh, hallelujah, we're going off to the theater now. Maybe God is giving you seed to sow. And I don't mean in these baskets in this church either, but for all sorts of needs that there are. Maybe God wants to bless you. Now, here's the same text again from the message translation. The message, it ought to be called the brutal translation. But anyway, here we go. Remember, a stingy planter gets a stingy crop. A lavish planter gets a lavish crop. I want each one of you to take plenty of time to think it over and make up your own mind what you'll give. That will protect you against sob stories and arm twisting. Oh, friends, if you don't give, we're going off the air. They're turning the lights off now. Ring the number. Send in 58 pounds and you'll get the 58 blessings of Hezekiah. No, don't let your arm be twisted by that. Don't you buy no miracle water, miracle bread, holy air from the Jordan. Right? Statues of Smith Wigglesworth. (laughs) I mean, buy it if you want it. But don't buy it thinking it's magic. God can pour on you the blessings in astonishing Ways. Oh, God loves it when the giver delights in the giving. He, he can bless you in astonishing ways so that you're ready for anything and everything, more than just ready to do what needs to be done. This most generous God who gives seed to the farmer that becomes bread for your meals is more than extravagant with you. He gives you something you can then give away. He gives you something that you can give away. Can you... Shall we just read that together? He gives us something that we can what? Give away. He's giving us seed to sow, which grows into fully formed lives, robust in God, wealthy in every way, so that you can be generous in every way, producing with us great praise to God. Now, here's a question that some people have. Let me just move on to this. Here's a question. People say, well, shouldn't we just give and not expect anything back? You know, wouldn't that be the Christian thing to do? To give and not expect anything back. That's Christ- that sounds Christian. That sounds like going the extra mile, giving yourself, giving your life. Shouldn't we give without expecting anything back? The answer to that question is this. Yes. But that's not what God is going to do. The answer is, of course we should give without expecting anything back. And certainly not by four o'clock this afternoon. Unless you need God to come through by four o'clock this afternoon. Some people can give. They don't need God to give them anything back because they gave a small part out of their fortune. So of course they don't need to have anything back. But sometimes you give an offering you're going to miss. You need God to bless you, don't you? If you give sacrificially, you need God to bless you. But the answer is, shouldn't we just give and not expect anything? The answer is yes. 
But that's just not what God is going to do. God is going to bless us. And sometimes that blessing may come in the same day. Sometimes that blessing will come in the same decade. But God is going to bless us. If you sow your seed, you eat your seed like a bird, that's it. But if you sow your seed, something amazing can happen. Jesus said this, give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom. And Here's the amazing line. This is from Jesus. It's not some tele-evangelist. Jesus said this, for with the measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. The measure that you use is the measure that God will use with you. Now, let's be careful. The widow, from the story of the widow's might, gave everything she had, but it was only a, a worthless coin. So it's not about how big it is. It's about how sacrificial it is. With the measure that you use, God's saying it's, 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 it's astonishing. And as I sit here saying this, I feel like some big prosperity gospel preacher. But actually, I'm just a Bible preacher. It's in the Bible. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you. What you sow is what you will reap. In time. In time. So, final line. And Jane, you've done very well. You can have a sit down now. And everyone will give you a cheer as you go. So the final line is this, and it's the verse we read right at the beginning. Paul wrote to them, he said, you're excelling in everything. You excel in everything. In speech, he says, they had great preachers in that church. Prophets, great orators, people who shared the gospel well. He, he said, you, you excel in speech, in love. They're a nice church. It's nice to go there. They did donuts in the middle, all that. It all happened there. Nice place. <clears throat> he said, he said to them, you're an excellent church. But just as you're excellent at this, excellent at that, excellent at this, he says, I want you also to be excellent in giving. Be excellent in giving. So what can we, uh, as we finish, which we're going to, what can we draw from these ideas? What can you take away with you? I hope you can take away the challenge that money is powerful, that it has the power to have you instead of you having it. Can you say amen? It's powerful. You, know, you think, oh, I got all this money. Well, if you can't let it go, then it must have got you. So there's that. There's the challenge for some, and some sitting in the room here with me and others listening on the, on the uh, internet all over the place, 
is a challenge for you to obey what many believe the word of God says about tithing. If God doesn't have your money, he certainly hasn't got your heart. It's, 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 it's nonsense to say, my life, Lord, is yours, but my money is mine. Well, it's not quite right. It's not quite right. Obey the word. The Bible says this, test me in this. For others, there may be a challenge to you to go what I call beyond the tithe, which is, I'm not talking about increasing your giving to this local church. By all means, do that. We don't waste a lot of money around here, I tell you. But there's a place for you maybe to think about giving beyond the local church. Thinking about how you can be a blessing to the poor. Go give that money to the DEC. Go give that money to uh, uh, Christian workers or missionaries. Think about how you can be a blessing. I know many of us in this room support children overseas. In a short time, there'll be opportunity for you to give to something happening right here among us. And we look to you to be generous on every occasion in that. But aside from those things, does Philippians 4.19 really apply to you? If you're a giver, it does. If, you, if you're not a giver, let me encourage you, if you are excellent in this area of Christianity, that area, also excel in the grace of giving. And I'll finish with this. The most wonderful thing of all. Before God ever wants 20 pound of your money, he'll always make sure you first have 200. Before God wants 50 pound from you, he makes sure first of all that he makes sure you've got 500 pound in your hand. Can you say amen? Before God wants you to give a thousand pounds, he's going to make sure you've got ten grand first before he asks you for that. I'd say that our God is good. Some of you may need to reconnect with tithing, pick up an order form or just start writing your checks, whatever you want to do. It's not, as Paul said in Philippians, it's not that we're looking for the gift, but it's looking for what will be credited to your account. That God would bless you in every way so that you could be generous on every occasion.